Welcome to the Talk Too Much Podcast. My name is Sina Palavan. I am your host. This is where I help you go non-fungible. This week was a very, very special week. I had Mr. Maddie, the DCL blogger, as my guest for the week. Mr. Maddie is one of the biggest virtual land sellers slash buyers in the game. Uh, he was an OG. He started buying Decentraland land uh, when it first came out a couple years ago. So he's been buying and selling virtual land since the virtual worlds really uh, made their debut. Um, but not only that, Mr. Maddie also started his own project, the MediKey project. This is a project that focuses on interoperability between all virtual worlds, uh, therefore giving the consumer, the buyer of these MediKey NFTs, different types of use cases in different types of lands across all virtual worlds. So they might have a, a, a project with the Board 8 Yacht Club, and if you have the MediKey, you might get special features on their land and their Discord. Uh, Mr. You know That's what the MediKey will do. They'll strike up deals with different influencers, NFT brands, crypto brands, protocols, you name it. Um, for example, if you want to go, let's say you, there's a special art gallery in Crypto Voxels, and only MediKey users can get in. That are the, those are the benefits that the MediKey is building. It's an evolving project right now. Um, it's sold. It's sold out of its first two editions. Its third edition's coming out, and it's not even close to being fully developed. You know, it's an under. It's they're not underdeveloped, but they're in the developmental stage. They have to strike deals with different brands, which is what you're going to hear Mr. Maddie talk about throughout this episode. He's going to describe the MediKey, its functions, and why you should be paying attention to that NFT as it's going to serve as an inoperable uh, form of validation across all the virtual worlds. But besides that, we also went into the virtual worlds and talked about all four of them, the benefits they bring, what each one of them brings to the table, and why you should invest in virtual land. Listen, guys, this is first mover advantage is a real thing. I say it in my newsletters. I say it in my podcast. Like, there's a lot of real estate, uh, metaphorically speaking, in, in these crypto industries for you guys to park your car, set up camp, and really make a name for yourself and separate yourself from your competitors. So without further ado, right, uh, let's get into this episode. Mr. Maddie has done many episodes with Gary V. He's friends with Gary V. So to me, uh, I'm very, I was very excited for this interview. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it. And let's get into the show. I'm doing very well. Thank you for asking. I'm actually very excited to do this. Um, for my audience who doesn't know, I'm going to get right into it. Mr. Maddie is one of the most popular and renowned um, virtual uh, virtual real estate dealers um, in the world. He was one of the first people to really discover the usage of virtual land and what they mean to the NFT industry. So, Mr. Maddie, I'm going to give you the floor. If you could please really quickly introduce yourself and then... I want to get right into it. Can you please tell my audience about this revolutionary NFT project known as the MediKey and what it is? Awesome, guys. Well, good to be here. Thank you for having me on. Um, I got involved in virtual land trading kind of just by fun uh, about three years ago when I bought my first Decentraland land as an NFT. And I sold it the next day or the next week for like double the price. And I was like, whoa, this is this is pretty cool. This is a uh, a totally new concept and seems like you can buy a land on blockchain. So I continued to do that for the next three years from 27, 2018, 19, 20, 21. Um, and obviously the NFT industry came to do many, many other things. So went on to explore how NFTs, uh, you know, touch the art world, how they're revolutionizing different industries, games, et cetera, et cetera. Um, came to know all the early founders and artists just because at that time the space was very small and people were just experimenting and having fun. 
So uh, continue to make content, whether that be YouTube video or uh, Twitter posts, which um, surprisingly did quite well. So, um, you know, try to kind of put myself out there and just tweet about stuff that I like. And it turned into some sort of a, a branded kind of play across, um, you know, talking about NFTs and, and exploring how they all work and obviously investing across the board. So now I, I kind of do a lot of that. Um, launched a project called the MetaKey. The MetaKey is like a, a key or an NFT that you can own um, that we are trying to kind of connect every Web3 enabled project. So Web3 is basically, uh, you know, the next stage of the internet, which we believe is going to be blockchain and AI powered. You know, uh, Web 2.0 was kind of seeing the advent of Facebook, uh, Airbnb, you know, Alibaba, these sort of app um, user-based native projects. Web 3.0 should see this in a trustless manner. So things like uh, OpenSea, uh, where you can take your NFT and sell on a marketplace or, you know, games on Sandbox or, you know, uh, data websites like Zapify, um, all sorts of things that now use blockchain and can read you what's in your digital wallet. We hope to be using the MediKey to do some sort of extra functionality. So that might be giving you an extra data set on a data website that might be uh, being transforming to hundreds of different game items on different sandbox games or uh, turning into, you know, flying cars in Decentraland or opening doors or um, working with big event organizers to give an extra experiences. Maybe they've got, you know, a massive conference lined up. We can do a backstage thing where we have like a VIP pass with the NFT, the MediKey turns into a VIP pass to come and meet the, um, you know, the artists or the um, entrepreneurs or whoever's giving that conference. So we're trying to push this MediKey to be hundreds of different things um, that is, you know, you just have to own one and wherever you take it, it'll unlock um, different experiences because an NFT can really be, an NFT can replace a username and a password, basically. So think about all the places that you use a username and a password, your Netflix login, uh, your Facebook login. Why do you need to keep creating a username and a password, right? Or a subscription. You can just take an NFT which is kind of like your ID and just kind of tap it everywhere you go digitally and physically, and it should give you extra experiences. Anyway, that's the Medicare project. And uh, yeah, I think we'll be things with it. So the number one, uh, there's a lot to touch on there uh, from my audience. Mm -hmm. Number one, uh, I want to go over, really touch on uh, the point that you really made a name for yourself in this industry through first mover advantage and consistent content posting, brand awareness. That, that's something that I believe a lot of uh, the NFT community needs to really harp on and focus is their marketing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mind shillers, but there's better ways to market your art. Um, but on the op- opposite end, the reason I found MediKey so fascinating is I didn't just, th- I didn't connect it with the conception of an NFT project. I kind of saw it as what you were saying as like a, a literally a key for all these virtual worlds. Uh, in the place of it as an NFT. Now, you mentioned that one thing I I learned while you were talking just now is this is an evolving NFT project. This thing will constantly be evolving and adding use cases. So you mentioned a couple there. Uh, I'm very, very big on the sandbox. I interviewed their head of marketing and it blew my mind. I think that that Mm -hmm. virtual world is going to make a big splash this year. But I wanted to ask you, how are you going about of thinking of these new use cases and integrating them into the MediKey? Because I'm assuming you have to go to these projects and make a, a, a relationship. Yeah, pretty much, right? It is really re- relationship and network-based. Um, I've been blessed to be quite early three years ago 
and know much of the founders and much of the players in this space and just basically picked up the phone and knocked on their door and said, hey, you know, like I'm, I'm coming up with this project. It'd be great to integrate with what you're doing and we can kind of work on this connect, connection, connecting projects. You know, I can have a user base that I can come and bring to you guys and maybe, you know, play the sandbox games, you know, play Decentraland games. Uh, a lot of these new projects are looking for some sort of publicity. Even something small at the start is a big deal for them because it, that traction of user base uh, goes on to become something big, right? So if we can bring quality traffic to people that have integrated the MediKey, then that's, that's, that's a big win, right? So it's for these projects, it was kind of um, based on, you know, just knowing them for a long time and them saying, oh, that's a really cool idea. Let's do it. But also just trying to figure out what the value proposition is for them. You know, is it bringing a user base? Is it maybe um, offering more? Maybe I talk about them on YouTube or, or do a thread about what they are and, and kind of do like a big blog post slash integration slash maybe even give them some space on our headquarter in Decentraland. Um, we've got a massive announcement coming up from the sandbox very soon. I also believe it's going to be a big thing and a big part of the overall metaverse experience. Um, so it's a no-brainer. So we, we've got to do something in the sandbox as well. But yeah, it is. Um, basically, I used to get hit up on my Twitter and DMs and 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 stuff to be like, hey, Maddie, what do you think about this new project? You know, we've just built like this new digital screens. We'd love your audience to know it. I would say yes let's do it but give something for the medici holders right so it's kind of like bringing that network and kind of expanding on that showing that all right um if it's a good project if it's a good product product um i'll organically cover it i'll give my honest opinion all right um no i was just saying that um you know some of these um integrations if you call them that require development work right they need someone to do some pretty modeling they need someone to do some coding um, so yeah, we, we, what we do is we have an in-house team that does some of that. Um, and then we also pay for, you know, the development work required to do that. And so if we can just do like four to five integrations a month, or even just a couple of integrations a month, I think it'll be a big deal. That'll cost us, you know, one or $2,000 each, but, um, yeah, that's how the kind of business model works. And that's how we go about making those integrations. So one thing I've noticed about the MediKey is before actually you came out with this project, I was thinking, I realized, okay, I got to, people are putting out these individual art pieces. I got to stop because I, I, I was putting out art pieces and I actually sold one to the CEO of Somnium Space. And then, oh, yeah, I, I too. yes, yeah, great. Yeah. One, of, one of my favorite people in this space, but I, I realized that, okay, hold on a sec. There's, there, there's more to this than this art. So, okay. I was looking in the collection road and then I was thinking, I, there has to be something like a did, like a decentralized ID that you take everywhere. And that's honestly what mm -hmm. I think the meta key could be. It's like, just like you mm -hmm. said, you could, you don't need to sign in to Netflix or something like that. But that's actually what I wanted to touch on is now you're talking about the meta key combating uh, against, uh, there's this uh, protocol called name tag that's supposed to do the same thing. It's now combating against a couple other of these. Do you see this meta key as evolving into a full-on virtual ID for someone? For what we have coming up, it could. It could. Um, I think IDs require a lot of work because you have to manage, you know, individual profiles and things like that. Or you can just, like you said, you know, just own the NFT and, and run them through different networks. But, um, yeah, it could become an ID. Um, people have to rep represent themselves with what they have and, and use them. People are using, obviously, CryptoPunks as their Twitter IDs. They're using their board apes um, as their Twitter identity. 
I didn't feel that's portable as I think Board Apes recently said that they released some sort of a VR um, compatible uh, building or a hangout club sort of area. And if you have a Board Ape, you can enter. So I think this sort of utility is going to be the future where you take a group of people um, and they're excited about their own community and what's going on in their own little niche. And whoever, and they're collectively working to bring that to different places and do different things with them. Um, so yeah, I totally think the MediKey can definitely be an identity, identity play. Um, for me at the moment, it's really just kind of pushing out things that the community enjoy, um, kind of feeling out, not, not planning too far ahead in terms of, all right, well, this is exactly what we're going to do, but leaving it a bit open-ended. So based on the feedback, if people love the Decentraland stuff, that's the direction we're going to do predominantly stuff for. Or if they like, um, you know, the giveaways, we'll do more of that. So kind of just, just kind of experimenting with different stuff and seeing the feedback and then going to that. And I, I love that. So you're kind of at the beginning where, as you said, you have all these options and you're just trying to narrow it down and see how, how this works the most efficient way. I wanted to touch on the fact that the number one thing about the meta key that makes it fascinating, fascinating is interoperability. I think that word right there is crucial going forward for the NFT industry because there's so many virtual worlds. Uh, Crypto voxels, Somnium Space Sandbox, and Decentraland are the top four. And I want to discuss those four for the rest of the show. Um, what do you see out of those four, the main four? Can you describe each one and what you see as its benefits that others may mm -hmm. not have? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I think, uh, first of all, you know, they're all their own, they're, they're all their own beasts. Um, it's kind of like VR chat, Minecraft, Roblox, uh, you know, Warcraft, a world of Warcraft, all these sort of spaces are their own thing. You know, people hang out for their own reasons. Some people like VR, some people like to build stuff in Minecraft, etc. I think that's how I'm kind of viewing the space as a whole. Um, as an investment, yeah, okay, you know, it makes sense to buy something across everything else. Or just as a hobbyist, you know, if you like to build 3D stuff, just go buy Decentraland land. If you like to, if you like to explore VR very deeply, you can go buy Somnium Space stuff. The difference, I would say, um, the differences are quite deep. Um, they change from, say, whether you're an investor or whether you're a, oops, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, whether whether you're an investor or whether you're a user. Um, for example, in Decentraland, it's very tech-oriented. Um, you know, for the first two years, Decentraland worked very hard to build out the SDK and to make it quite, Com, you know, complex and the stuff you can do there and integrate NFTs and cryptocurrencies as payments, um, you see a bit of a result of that right now, right? People can build their own games and, and integrate NFTs and cryptocurrency across their buildings. Um, and, you know, two years in development and it didn't even have a virtual platform till the start of last year. Um, and so, and even as an investment, like those 90,000 parcels are fixed. There's not going to be any more release of land. Whereas I think in crypto voxels, there's more land that they release slowly. So you have to keep that in mind as an investor. But crypto voxels has a way better building experience. So if you are maybe a, an artist that doesn't care about investing and just want to buy a space for, I'm not sure what the prices are, but maybe $1,000 and just build, then that makes sense, right? Uh, crypto voxels seems to have a lot of people because it's mobile compatible. People love to... People can just click a button and jump into the the um, event, so it's got that power. Now, Somnium Space being VR first, and R2 are really focusing on the high fidelity of VR and the experience, the immersive experience. If you like VR and you're a VR um, enthusiast, that's one to explore for you. 
Um, I think the land there is less than than Decentraland for now, but it's got it's got a concept of normal land uh, where it's just like flat land that you can build on, and I think it's also got the concept of like small worlds where you're buying a land that comes with like a te- you can teleport to this world um, that gives you much more land and you can basically build games and things in there. So they all are quite different. Um, the sandbox, obviously, being a completely I think it's a very game-oriented um, project. I'm not exactly sure. I guess I won't know until we can jump in. I do know that the lands are like 30 times bigger than DCL land. Um, I know for now, I think the lands are... The, <coughs> the lands are their own instance. For example, I'm not sure if they're traversable Traversable in the sense of if I'm on the one land, I can kind of look over and see what my neighbor is doing and see what he's doing. I, I think that's not how it works. No, I think yet. each land is, yeah, not yet at least. It could be. No, a soft uh, I asked Marcus that exact question. I said, "Can we go see other people's lands?" Because I honestly think that's big. I actually think it's a negative if you can't see mm-hmm. your neighbor's land. And he said, exactly. "Not yet, not yet." Uh, but that's gonna be integrated soon. Yeah, um, because I think they come from a very, you know, they they come from a lot of experience developing games, and they know what's also important is not just being in the world, but also having that world very fluid and uh, work really well. So I think they've also got a cap of, on the number of people that can jump in. Um, they've also got, a, like, you, like you said, you know, you can't go and explore other lands. It's just that one land, that one instance. And because of that, it's going to work quite well as a game experience. But I agree with you. Like, you know, the whole metaverse concept is kind of looking over to see what your neighbors built and, and kind of connecting with them and people around you. So who knows, as tech gets better, I'm sure, like, once they roll this out, they may lift those limits but that's something you got to keep in mind with the sandbox um overall i think it's a great project there's hundreds and hundreds of brands in there already mm-hmm. and it's only 50 percent sold so i think it's just going to be a beast as well and not to mention their alpha isn't out yet so i agree with you i wanted to ask you um now in the sense of virtual land and i i i was looking through your tweets um and you were talking about how there's a new literally world uh being built but that includes jobs that includes real life use cases and for my audience that doesn't know mr maddie created a a shark tank simulation kind of in decentraland right so Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask you about number one uh, the idea behind that and more so i want i want to transition that into how do you believe because i think uh these virtual worlds will pop off the moment an individual can replicate their real life value inside the virtual world and what i mean by that Mm -hmm. is like if if there's a task to be done in the physical world if they can complete it in the virtual world now now it's really attractive so i was gonna i was gonna ask you uh Mm -hmm. number one what why would an individual buy land uh, for any of these virtual worlds why should they be interested and what do you think the future five years from now the future will be like with these virtual worlds Um, people buy lands for a bunch of different reasons. Some artists buy land because it makes sense to expand on their art career and build a more immense or play around with what else blockchain has to offer. Um, financially, it makes sense to sell, you know, $50,000 of art. I'll spend a couple of thousand dollars buying a plot of land somewhere and uh, build it out. And maybe that will help my career. Um, but it also helps kind of anchor yourself. So you see big brands, it makes a lot of sense for big brands actually, because what they can do, um, uh, and how businesses work here. Cause I'm, I've been spending a lot of time exploring, you know, business models and how, you know, tokens get released into the wild and how people invest in equity and all that. 
but basically, you know, early startups um, or even established projects that have, you know, a cryptocurrency in the tens of millions or the hundreds of millions, it makes sense for them to partner with new technology. And if new technology is a virtual land and building a HQ on that, and suddenly you're exposed to this whole new NFT fanatic, um, you know, audience that helps your project. So a lot of these companies, you see them building or dropping HQs because it helps with their anchoring of the space. On a macro level, it makes a lot of sense just on the branding side, on the existential experience side, um, and kind of preparing yourself in as a hedge if the world does go virtual and these sort of things do pop off, well, you already have an existence there. So people are building lands for all sorts of reasons, right? Um, financially, they're building games, they're building uh, casinos, they're building art galleries, they're building, they're buying just to invest and, and, and you know, if they, they're going to make decent decentralized content well it makes sense for them to have some land and some mana to sell uh if if through their efforts the project does well so we are finding out slowly slowly a multitude of reasons to buy a, a virtual land and now i wanted to talk about um what do you believe and i know this is not financial advice or any means but what do you think of the price of land is there a reason to believe that it's only gone up since the the genesis of each mm-hmm. of these virtual worlds but you know, as the price of cryptocurrency, like if Ethereum goes up, what if and it's de- land is denominated in dollars? Wouldn't the price of mm-hmm. the Ethereum go down uh, for the land? So I wanted to ask you, what do you believe the future is like for the price of these lands? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because the first real bull market that the whole NFT space experienced was this last six months. So. A lot of us that have been doing, you know, investing or trading across NFT projects, <clears throat> um, we've kind of, in our mind, you know, NFT, uh, Ethereum or mana swings hasn't really affected the price in that native currency. So, for example, Ethereum, for, for the whole time I've been investing, has stayed somewhere in between, you know, a couple hundred dollars to $500 maximum. And that hasn't really got people selling it cheaper or increasing the prices. But suddenly when Ethereum goes from $500 to 5,000, well, it's a different story, right? So we, we actually do see people readjust um, some of their prices in Ethereum. And most of the time it's down. So for example, if a project is getting the same publicity or the same demand, um, and it was selling about one Ethereum back in the, in the normal, you know, stable days, then usually that same project will lower prices to, you know, 0.4, 0.2 slowly over time uh, if Ethereum 10Xs because that's worth a lot more in US dollars, right? It's still a big win in US dollars. Um, But it's an interesting thing. I think the future of understanding certain industries and NFT projects, you really have to know them project by project. Some projects do really well in bull markets um, just because the new interest and the new wave goes in the direction of the new project. Um, So it can kind of keep up that sort of a uh, pricing. So... um, I think um, CryptoPunks are obviously a great example went up during that. Um, a big part of it was due to the community. I think the community community did really well to keep it relevant during a bull market where all these new eyeballs were coming and CryptoPunks was being pushed and people were cementing the narrative that it is it was the first collectible product on Ethereum and everyone wanted to invest in you know iconic art or collectibles. Um, and that went up in Ethereum, even though Ethereum $5,000, it kind of kept up its price. So I think a big part of they're brought into existence by founders, by people that 
believe in virtual land or, or just start experimenting with a crypto collectible like punks, but they're kept alive and pushed by the community. The community as a collective force are basically what the prices hinge on. Do they buy land and build on it and then push that land and push the you know experience and activity of that land? Or do they just buy and sit on it and hope someone else does the work, right? Um, if people collectively push it, then yeah, I think uh, it can keep up uh, in the future. But it'll be very interesting to see how these price swings affect uh, NFT markets. That is what I'm interested in too. Um, I'm very curious to see as time goes on if, and I know the dollar is always going to be the force, but if we start to denominate in Ethereum, because I think that might be the key. Mm-hmm. Now, I wanted to ask you, um, there's also room, you know, I had this idea of, I, I just for your information, I bought a parcel, a small parcel on Somnium. That's probably why I asked, because I'm curious. But I bought a parcel on Somnium and I'm, bu- I'm buying my sandbox parcel today. I wanted to build out uh, builds to air my show in the virtual world. I want to mm-hmm. take it to the virtual world. I'm an NFT podcast. But mm-hmm. I've, I keep hearing rumors that there's new virtual worlds coming out. And I'm getting a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. I heard Epic Games is coming one with, out with one for Fortnite. I think that could be game changer for our industry. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, do you think there's going to be new virtual worlds coming out? And if there are, do you believe they can compete with the four main ones out right <clears throat> now? I think 100% there's going to be a ton of virtual worlds come out. I think virtual land on blockchain is a no-brainer for games that have some sort of an MMO uh, user-generated content experience. I've been in touch with a few that are definitely doing that. Um, I think they're going to do their own thing and have their own value. I think the space is going to grow because of them and people are going to buy land there. They're also going to buy land in Somnium space. They're also going to buy land in different places because it, at some point, all of these spaces are going to be connected. Um, not really fussed about what they're doing because what I want to do right now um, requires there to be a project that is very close to maturity or mature enough for me to deploy my plans, right? An idea is probably three years away from a beta. Um, and I've experienced that with the sandbox. I've experienced that with the central land where, all right, it was an idea, but we still have to wait two to three years for there to be anything playable. So if someone comes up with a great new idea today, if, if Epic Games announces, hey, we're coming up with some virtual land project, I think it's still going to be two to three years down in development. And by that time, I think these projects are just going to have so much of a head start that they're going to preserve their value. So you're, you're We saying- might see some fail. Who knows? We can never tell the future. Yeah, yeah, I'm there. I'm there. I wanted to ask you this, though. In, this, in the topic of these virtual worlds, um, you know, NFT land or virtual land is just one concept of NFTs. And I I just came out with an NFTs are dead in quotations article because I actually saw your, your tweet about the recent hate posts. And I, I for me, I, I wanted to touch on this right before I let you go, because it's really laughable at these people that are really ignorantly saying these things about the NFT industry, because they're really only talking about their opinion, opinions of the art. I feel like they're not really addressing mm. the technology, the back end infrastructure behind NFTs. So I wanted to uh, really quickly, what is your opinion on uh, the recent hate post towards the industry? Like, why are they happening? And what do you see? Uh, do you think that NFTs are going <clears> to <throat> spread throughout every corner of society and not just, you know, stick in art and games right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think NFTs are just the other side of the coin to fungible tokens, right? There's always, as long as blockchain exists, there's always going to be two types of tokens. One's going to be fungible where it's tradable and the value is the same, Bitcoin, Ethereum, et cetera. And there's going to be non-fungible. That's just fact. 
they're always going to exist. It's just how people are going to experiment with them, where they'll find a place for them to exist in the ecosystem. Um, I think the whole NFTs is dead thing was pushed by, um, you know, artists. I felt like when NFTs blew up, it was really an art thing for some reason. I think just because it grew so quick um, in such a small time span. And, and there's so many artists out there that were paying attention and didn't know what the heck was going on. Some of them experimented with the new technology. Some of them just pushed it aside because they didn't want to disrupt their what's working for them or maybe they had their own reasons. Maybe the environmental thing was an issue. Who knows? But at the end of the day, it's crazy how much engagement those kind of posts get. NFTs are dead or NFTs have this issue or that issue. It's kind of like people are waiting on the sidelines to just jump in and bash on NFTs. It's, it's interesting. I, I'm kind of frustrated, not so much on that. I'm more frustrated on the fact that um, when, when I say NFTs, I have to keep clarifying that I'm talking about more than just art. <laughs> That's it right it's there, unbelievable yeah. how... Uh, it's, it's unbelievable how dominating the art industry has been. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing for art. But I think when NFTs blew up, the terminology was kind of wrong. Maybe it should have been just digital art. Um, maybe that should have been the terminology that mainstream led with. Because I feel like when people are saying NFTs are dead, it's usually people saying digital art uh, on blockchain is dead or something. right? Because we all know NFTs are much more than that. And I think... In the coming years, it's going to be very clear as NFTs are kind of used across games and NFTs go viral for maybe the virtual land thing. And people realize that, wait a second, NFTs are much more than this first thing that came across my radar being on. Um, and it, when, when the next kind of wave comes, I'm sure it's going to be more than just art that goes mainstream. It's going to be like, like collectibles or it's going to be you know, maybe a new game. Maybe Fortnite releases games and it turns on the NFTs it incorporates NFT technology and suddenly people, mainstream people are going to realize that NFTs, wait a second, this is on my radar again, but this time it's not just art, it seems to be this game thing. So as, as that sort of thing becomes a norm and people realize that NFTs do much more, I think we're going to see a, a shift in sentiment. I, I, I agree with that. I also wanted to touch on the fact, a couple of things you just said. Number one, I believe that even though you, you're 100% right about them labeling as NFTs and not digital art, that might have helped us in the sense of now that umbrella, the name NFTs out there. I know it was wrong and we have to rebuild it now, but at least it was out there. And, and that was big for me because that's how I came across it. And I, I think that these artists that if you if what you say is true, these artists are the ones that are pushing it out due to their you know, insecurities or they're mad that it's evolving past the art industry, they're not realizing they will always have a place in this industry because the art is what represents the front end of the NFT. So there's always going to be, I think, a use case for an artist. Um, yeah. 